Heidi McLaughlin has been widowed twice. She is no stranger to suffering, but then she found hope. Heidi is going to share her story with us today. She is passionate about finding joy in the midst of loss. When you meet Heidi, as I did several years ago, you are drawn to her like a magnet. She is beautiful inside and out, and I am so happy to count her as a friend. More importantly, today she is going to share her story about loss, how she coped, and what she can teach us about that. Have you ever felt like giving up? Quitting, throwing in the towel. Welcome to Never Ever Give Up Hope featuring Carol Grant. She's an author, health coach, and motivational speaker. Backed into a corner multiple times in her life, Carol shares with you stories on how she overcame some of the toughest obstacles a person can go through in life, but to prove why life's adversities only make you stronger. And now, welcoming the host of the show, here's Carol Graham. Lachlan is an author, an international speaker for conferences and retreats. She is also an active member of Women Together, designed to train women to be better leaders, to empower women globally, including she has taught and trained in Poland, Romania, and Colombia. Welcome, Heidi. And thank you, Carol, for having me on this program. It is such a delight to be with you. Well, I wish I could see you because I so enjoyed our time together that we spent at a writer's conference all those mm-hmm. years ago where I met you. And just as I said in the intro, you are like a magnet. I was drawn to you and you were sitting there having breakfast in the hotel and I knew you were somebody that I wanted to meet. And I sat down with you and I appreciate uh, you allowing me to eat with you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Carol, you are the same way. You are delightful to be around, and you have a good sense of humor, but you have depth to you, and so I believe that there was that instant connection, so I really value our time together at that writer's conference. That's right. I thank you for that. All right, so let's start with your story, and you just tell us what you would like to share, because there are many people out there who will relate, as I'm sure you know. Mm -hmm. You were widowed twice. And you had many other things happen in your life that even though you appear to have it all together and this beautiful woman who loves people and and is so involved in so many different things, but you have had your moments of deep, deep, tragic loss. Share with us about your life, please, Heidi. Thank you, Carol. I have indeed have those moments, and I'm not going to go into them because I don't want to depress people sitting here listening to me. But it started at Christmas 1994, two weeks before Christmas. My first husband, Dick, he went out to play basketball. And the next thing I know, my doorbell was ringing, and it was a policeman standing at the door, and he told me that my husband died that night on the basketball floor. My world just went dark. 
It was the most exciting time of my life. My children were coming home for Christmas. I'd been anticipating this moment for so long. And all of a sudden, everything just crashed into a million pieces. I didn't even know how to step into anything else. But, you know, you you go through that grief, you survive, and you have people walk alongside of you. And I'm so blessed to have my two children that were there with me. And time passes, and you have to find healing. And I met a wonderful man named Jack, a widower with three children. And we got married. And I then became a mom Aww. and a mom of a blended family, which was just absolutely glorious. The rain again smelt sweeter and the flowers were brighter and it was just the best time of my life. So coming through tragedy, finding hope again, and then you think, well, this is it. This is now the life that I'm living. And I did live it, Carol, for 21 years, Hmm. not without its issues because we were both in ministry, we were both working hard. And then on November the 11th in 2016, Jack and I, we were going to go run an errand. And Jack, he always had to have a cup of coffee in his hand when we were in the car. And so he went into the kitchen to get his cup of coffee. And all I heard was a loud crash. Oh, my word. And in there, and he was on the floor. And as I did CPR on him, he took his last breath. <sighs> I know. And it was just, it was, it was just incredibly painful and hard. And then the paramedics came and they brought machinery and they were pumping and they were injecting and they were making all these sounds, all these people in my house, but they brought a pulse back and there was hope. Wow. Wow. And hope is a glorious feeling, Carol. And there was hope. And, but then, you know, he went off to ICU and my children, all my, my blended family, five children, grandchildren they flew in from all different parts of Canada and the US because no none of my children live in Kelowna and within hours and in the next day everyone was here and we prayed we prayed fervently we prayed believing that this wonderful man would sit up and smile and show his kindness once again but five days later he did take his last breath And again, my world literally caved in because it was my second marriage and it was my, he was my soulmate. Mm. And I just felt like half of me was completely gone. And I had to figure out how to pick up the pieces once again. So how did you take us through that? Because as you're sharing your story, I have not lost a husband, but I certainly have lost. And so this is going to address people in the audience like myself as well, who have suffered great loss. So take us through the steps, Mm -hmm. possibly some of the, you know, whatever you were, emotions you were going through, the anger, the denial, any of those steps to help people relate to what you went through and how you eventually overcame that. Well, first of all, what I had to do was just grieve deeply. I was in so much pain that I couldn't hardly get out of bed. I could I li- I could not eat. I could not sleep. I was in so much pain and so much darkness. I just didn't know how I would actually survive this. But people came and walked alongside of me and I found great comfort in something that I had started 11 years before his death. And that was 
to start a gratitude journal. I know this sounds simplistic, Carol, but I started that and I every day I wrote in my gratitude journal and even throughout his death, I continued, I made myself write in the gratitude journal. And even though everything was dark, I had to make myself look for some goodness. Mm-hmm. And that and that helped a little bit. I'm not saying it saw it helped a little bit. But what I had to do is I had to let myself grieve because when we are suffering, we have to allow our feelings. We have to allow mm. suffering to flow and weep and weep and weep. And and I was so thankful to have good friends walk alongside of me. But then I then I dug into God's word and I'm a joyful person as you <laughs> I needed I needed my joy back. But before I could get my joy back, I needed to find peace in my heart about the situation, about the loss. That I was a widow again. I did not want to be a widow. I had to find my joy again and how I was going to do that. Because I thought that my joy and happiness would has always been being married. I was married for 21 years with my first husband and sorry, 28 with my first and 21 with my second. And my joy in life came from being married. And so I knew that I was now a widow. I was alone. And how was I going to find joy living on my own? And that was the hard, hard part for me. So I knew I had to come to peace, first of all, with the fact that I was a widow. And that and that was hard. So I had to find peace and I had to ask God to help me. And I prayed fervently. So what I did was I, one of the first things I did, Carol, was I, I went through the Bible and to find, before I can find joy, I can, I have to find hope. Mm-hmm. You, you have to have hope before you can find real deep joy. So I went through the Bible and I Googled almost all the verses on hope. And I read <laughs> these verses and I read them and I, and I ate them and I sank into them. I read them and I reread them. And I had to believe that this hope came from a God that I could trust. Hmm. Yes. And a God. And so then I had to learn about the character of God. Was he someone that I could trust? And, and I found that trust in God's word once again and once I, I I could put my hope in God, a person that I could trust, eventually my joy came back. But Carol, I got to tell you, it took a long time. This did not happen within days or weeks or months. Because really? No, it did not. It, it I was in deep, deep grief for a long time. And I believe we have to allow ourselves that valley mm-hmm. of darkness. And because after four months after he died and I thought I was doing well, I, I literally crashed and I was then diagnosed with PTSD. So oh I, had to start all, I had to start all over again. Yes. Okay. Why did you have to start all over again? Well, because again, I, I felt that I was making some progress and getting stronger and starting to eat and sleep. But when I crashed and was diagnosed with PTSD, it was a, it was a moment where I literally crashed. Again, I could mm. not bed and I my children literally had to take time off from their careers travel to Kelowna and t- and look after me Aww. one week at a time so they took turns looking after me that's I, I I literally could not even function why do you think it hit you you know so deeply at that point I've learned a lot about grief and now I even facilitate grief courses is for the first sometimes sometimes for the t- first two or three or four months in our grief we function out of just out of instinct almost, or we are, we're in a, in a state of not even denial, but it's almost like we're functioning 
automatically or, or, or I don't even know how to describe okay. it. And then reality hit. And there was actually something that, that triggered that, that PTSD for me. He had a dizzy spell and then he died. And so for me, the trigger point was I had a dizzy spell and I thought I was going to die. And that was the trigger point And that was what started the PTSD. And how long did that process take? It took uh, about a year. I had to have uh, trauma counseling. I had to go on medication and I had to dig into God's word. It wasn't just one of those that helped me get through this. It was all of them. And I had friends walk alongside of me. I had people come and pray with me. Again, I dug into God's word. I never stopped writing in my thankful journal. And slowly, the more I found peace, the more I found hope, my joy was starting to come back. That is an excellent point. The more you found peace, the more you found hope, the more your joy came back. The more you found peace, the more you found hope, the sooner your joy returned. Are you saying that it is necessary to have those first two steps before you can realize true joy? I don't know how it is for everybody, but that's how it was for me. Because true joy comes from within. You see, we can have happiness. We can create happiness all around us. We can create situations where we're happy. But to have the kind of joy that is that is sustainable in any circumstance that you can survive anything, it has to come from deep within. And if it comes from deep within, it first has to come from a place of peace. Am I at peace with myself? Am I at peace with my circumstances? Am I at peace with God? And once we have that peace, we have the hope to move forward. And hope is powerful. Hope gives life. And once we have hope for a future and to move forward, that joy begins to bubble up within us again. And we can find joy just in simply in being and in having a day. It doesn't take brilliant or fun circumstances to give us that joy. We can just have that joy from within. Do you think that part of it is also a choice? Because I know that some people who, I hate to use the word enjoy, but seem to um, enjoy their pity parties never will reach that point. Is that correct? I completely agree with what you have said. It is definitely, for me, it is definitely a choice. Like everything else in life, I can choose to be really anything I want. It's a first intentional yes to, to deciding who I want to be. And you know I want to be a joyful person. So my focus has always been to find that sustainable joy. And every day I get up, I am determined. I'm going to live this day with joy. Today it's raining. My plans have been canceled. I am still going to have joy because I will find that joy in the little things. And uh, mostly because I'm a very thankful person. And I, I need to, we need to uh, connect those two words, joy and thankfulness. And I'd like to talk about that a little bit more as we go on. But those two are very connected. Well, this is a good point to take a break because we're going to take a 30 second break and when we come back you are going to talk about that and I also want you to talk about your passion and how you inspire audiences to grasp their magnificence and 
how to find joy in the middle of loss, which you've already touched on a little bit, and also your books and what you have to offer. We will be right back. Carol Graham would like to show you the path from misery to miraculous triumph in her fast-paced memoir, Battered Hope. She relates her determination to succeed as someone who experienced one horrendous nightmare after another. Gang raped and left for dead, loss of a child, husband falsely imprisoned, and cancer. Nothing could break her tenacity or faith. No matter what you face, heartache, loss, suffering or injustice, Carol will illustrate how she became a victor the same way you can. The secret is to never, ever give up hope. Order your copy at Amazon or batteredhope.blogspot.com. This has been so exciting to have Heidi with me today because she is sharing a su- about a subject that is very near, I think, and dear to many of my listeners' hearts because she is talking about loss. But more importantly, she is talking about finding joy in the midst of loss. So take it away, Heidi. Continue with your story and tell us how we can bring joy and thankfulness into our lives when we are either in the middle of or just coming out of a time of loss. I discovered that about 10 years ago when I was reading in the Bible in in Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 and 18, where it says, Rejoice always, never stop praying, give thanks in all circumstances, mm. for this is God's will for you. When it says in the Bible it's God's will for you, there's something in there good for us, and that's when I've decided to become a thankful person. And there's something that happens when we are thankful. There's things spiritually and actually physically I have found now in research that when we are when I am thankful, I take my eyes off of my circumstances. I take my eyes off of my pain, if only momentarily, and I turn my eyes upward to God's goodness. I turn my eyes over to things around me that are good. And when we change our our vision from our hard circumstances into something that is good, it literally changes something in our spirit. And we, we feel better, we have a different perspective. But I've also now done research on that and it is scientifically proven that when we are thankful for a few things every day, we literally are happier people. We are healthier people and we are more joyful people. We're even more generous and kind. So thankfulness is a powerful concept Mm -hmm. for being a joyful person. Do you recommend the journaling? And if so, why? Well, because it it makes me sit down intentionally and look for things that are good. Because... (laughs) We tend to turn towards the negative, don't Mm -hmm. we? Mm -hmm. We, You know, all this is today. Oh, it's a rainy day. Everything's been canceled. Well, what am I going to do? Well, Mondays just suck, don't they? Or I can sit down and look around and say, okay, I'm a thankful person. I'm going to write and think about all the things I'm thankful for. And then you get up and all of a sudden things have shifted in your spirit and you look for the goodness. And once you look for the goodness in life, you, you find the joy. Tell us now about your passion, because this is contagious, and you are a contagious person, and I, in a good way, this is a positive way. 
You yes. you yes. know how to inspire not only individuals but audiences. And one of the things that you put in mm-hmm. your bio that I want you to dis- discuss today is that how you inspire groups and individuals to grasp their magnificence and find their full potential. You see, for me, it it is quite simple. It all comes down to one simple word called love. And I always say there is nothing more beautiful than a woman who knows she is loved. And I talk about the Father's love and who we are in God's eyes and who, how we see ourselves. And so when women begin to see themselves as love, they begin to see themselves as beautiful. And Carol, women have so much potential. Oh my goodness. Women are brilliant and magnificent creations. If only we could see ourselves that way. And I try to bring women into that place where they see themselves as these magnificent creations filled with so much goodness. But for some reason, women have low self-esteem. We, we just feel like we're never enough. We're never good enough. We're not smart enough. And I try to bring women into that place of seeing them through God's eyes and how magnificent they are and how, how, how smart they are. We're all really, really smart. God has given every one of us this incredible brain. Then, you know, once you begin to tell women their potential, that the future is just filled with potential for them, it gives them hope. It spurs mm-hmm. them on to be something more than they are in the present. Tell us a little more how you incorporate this into what you are sharing in a global sense. Well, in a global sense, what I do mostly is I speak on leadership, on empowering women to be leaders. Again, this concept that I talk that I that I talk about it that women the potential that we have within us we have the potential to be leaders we have the potential to be world changers if we know that we are loved by God that we have God's love within us that when we know these things about us we can be leaders not only in the world but in our families with our marriages with our children in our communities with each other we can be leaders and that's what i inspire women to be through you know through programs through women together for women to grow as leaders in the world we need loving and kind and strong leaders what a tremendous passion that is Oh my goodness, that that's wonderful. I mean, I have been following you for some time and I was aware of this, of course, already. But to hear you put it in that perspective, I really appreciate that and thank you. One of the things that you said, and I'm quoting you, and if you want to expand on this, uh, that's fine. And then we're going to talk about your books. And that is, I do not do ministry to make people feel better. Mm-hmm. I do it to give them tools to learn how to have a transformed life. That is a powerful statement. Anything more you want to add to that before we talk about your books? Thank you, Carol. Thank you for quoting that. I do not. I do want to make people feel better in the moment. But I want to take them into a place where they don't just feel better, where they know how to make themselves feel better. I, you know, everybody wants to feel better. And I can come in a room and I can make everybody feel better for the, the, a little <laughs> while. But then after they go home, I want to give them tools how they right, can do it. Right, right. Because, you know, we, 
We all want somebody to come and make us feel better. We want somebody to come make us feel loved and to feel good. But then what happens when we're back on our own and we have to live life? And I, I, I just love giving people tools to, to just empower their lives to be all that women can be. Excellent. Excellent. I want to talk about your latest book. But before that, just to give a little background, give us a sentence or two about the other books that you have written and then tell us about your latest one. Oh, thank you, Carol. My first book was called Beauty Unleashed, Becoming Beautiful from the Inside Out. And my second book is called Sand to Pearls. And that is about making powerful choices to empower our lives, to enrich our lives, because I have found that women don't always make good choices for their lives. And that book is all about how to make good choices. And then my third book is called Restless for More, how we're looking for things in life to make us happy, how to fulfill that restlessness, how to you know, let's go shopping. Let's go on another vacation. Let's do this. Let's do that. That that restlessness within us to satisfy our soul. But there's nothing that will satisfy our soul in this world that sus- will sustain us for very long. So how to find th- that satisfaction for our soul. And then, of course, my my last one is fresh joy, finding joy in the midst of loss, hardships and suffering. And that is my personal journey as we've been talking mm. snippets about that today and how do we find joy in the midst of pain and and we can do that and there is a whole book and 12 chapters on how to do that give us a couple steps well thankfulness is is my number one step absolutely digging into god's word being connected to other people who can walk alongside of you realizing that our circumstances do not define us they do not they do not define our they do not define our future that in our present circumstances of hardships god is preparing us for something greater he's making us more compassionate more wise he's preparing us for what lies ahead because the bible tells us that god gives us a future and a hope and you know to to believe that god who says that to find that hope i had to learn to trust God. And I do believe that there is that glorious hope out there beyond our present difficult circumstances. But Carol, it doesn't come just by just sitting there. We have to work at it. We do. One thing that you said that I find interesting, because I've been doing this show now for eight years, never, (laughs) ever give up hope. Virtually every single person, every single guest that I have interviewed has said what you just said. And that that is making the choice not to just sit there, not to wallow in self-pity mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. or bad circumstances or anything, but to make that choice, first of all, to be thankful. <laughs> And when we are thankful, one thing I want to share that I know that you will agree with me, and that is you are not thankful for the situation necessarily. You are thankful for what God is doing to bring you through it, for what you are learning, going through it, and everything else. Now, is there anything you want to say in reaction to that? And then also in summary, what would you like to share with the audience? I would like to say that life is hard and we all go through all of these hard things. This is not my story is not unique. I know there's a lot of people out there that suffer, but we cannot do this journey alone. We cannot do this in isolation. 
We need to to dig into God's word and to find hope in God's word, but we also need people. And if there are no people in our life, we need to reach out to people. We need to do whatever we can to find hope and health. Go visit a doctor, find that right counselor, find those people to help you walk through this. We ha- we need all the help that we can get to go through this darkness and through these hardships. And hope is out there. It is there. Your life is not over. There's potential there out there just waiting for us to step into it. And you have to believe that. And you have to begin to believe that truth. Otherwise, you will stay stuck in that place of hopelessness and darkness. You have challenged us today, Heidi. Because we look at you, we see what a beautiful person you are. You are contagious, not because of what you have gone through, but because of what is inside of you. And I think this is the message that you have given. We have all suffered, or most of us have suffered, great loss. But you have learned how, and this is what you're challenging the audience today, is not to stay there, but to turn that pain, that suffering into joy, into Mm -hmm. thankfulness, and to look into a bright future instead of dwelling on a dark past. Well, I thank you so much for being on Never Ever Give Up Hope, Heidi. You are a magnet. I love you dearly, and I appreciate what you shared today. Carol, it has been my pure joy to be with you today. You are a delightful interviewer. You are a faithful friend. You are someone that gives people hope and Carol, never stop doing that. We need (laughs) hope. So thank you for letting me be on your program today. This has been so wonderful. Thank you and goodbye. Thank you for listening to Never Ever Give Up Hope featuring Carol Graham. Did you know that most people succeed because they are determined to? Quitting was never an option. Carol loves your comments and will respond to each one. So please subscribe and review this podcast. A rating of five stars would be outstanding and appreciated. Remember, if you are still here, there is always hope.